Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay. Right. Um, I'm going to turn it down slightly because that peaks. <laughs> you do know if I can get that working, that's going to be the theme song for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Are you a beatboxer? That's Amateur, it. just make noises. Oh, right, fine. Just like, I think I'm less of a beatbox, I'm more annoying. <laughs> like, that's what my real passion is. I think just being annoying. I was going to say, someone said, "Are you a comedian?" And I went. I th- I, some people would argue that. My question, so <laughs> my answer is always only when they laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm a poet. <laughs> is that the? That's the Bill Hicks line, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, you don't know that. You no, I'm just apparently I'm just as good as Bill Hicks now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that's definitely what I'm taking from this. Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Binti. I'm better than Bill Hicks. <laughs> Binti Hicks. Bill, oh God. That sounds... That's a really bad tribute That's a proper name, redneck it? name, that, isn't it? My name's Binti Hicks. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Ask the Industry Podcast, episode 115. I'm comedian Simon Kane, and for those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, comedy, radio, and today, the Liverpool comedy circuit. Binti Blair is the co-owner and founder of Hot Water Comedy Club in Liverpool, along with his brother Paul, who is not in this podcast, co-founded the club back in 2010. Since then, it's opened new venues and developed a reputation nationally as one of the best places to gig, as well as one of the best places to watch comedy. We talked about developing a club, earning a reputation, why they haven't got a blacklist, what it takes to get a gig at their club, their ethos, and how that has not only made them stand out, but set them aside from other comedy clubs in the area and nationally. I think it was a brilliant episode. I think a lot of people who maybe want to start their own club, uh, maybe not at a purpose-built venue, but want to start a club or a room, could learn a lot from the way that these guys run their operation and have such a driving force behind them that allows them to make decisions based on the original idea and ethos that they began with. Uh, Before I hit play on this episode, I want to very quickly say to you, uh, I'm doing the Edinburgh Festival. Uh, I I, I don't have any more details than that. Uh, I am doing it with sweet venues in the grass market, but I have yet to confirm the time slot or the room. Uh, All you need to know at this point is I'll be in Edinburgh 2019, so please look out for me there. If you'd like to support me before that, I'm going to be previewing around the country from about January, February time, uh, and I'm also going to be doing a tour directly after Edinburgh. 
I'm sorry that I don't have any more information than that. I just want to use this opportunity to flag that to you. And if you want to know more information or get the most up-to-date information, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at This Made Me Cool, or you can go to my website, which is simonkane.co.uk, where you can find all the information about the uh, current show and development of it and all that sort of stuff. So uh, please. Oh, and also, 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 almost forgot. Also, I am doing uh, my 2018 show at the Bloomsbury Theatre in London. Uh, I'm doing it on the 21st of March 2019. Uh, oh God, I nearly said 18. 2019. It's going to be really good. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to have some support acts. I'm going to make like a proper deal of the night. It might be, I'm still sorting this out as well, it might be getting recorded for a DVD. And by DVD, I mean YouTube and selling it as a pen stick at gigs. Uh, I'm not trying to master the antiquated medium of DVDs, although there's a lot less competition in there now, so I might be able to become the master of DVDs. Although my laptop doesn't even have a DVD, like a CD drive, so... (laughs) It's it. I don't know. It just seems a redundant thing to have. But pen sticks, as long as they don't start bringing out USB Type C pen sticks, pen sticks seems like a logical way of uh, selling this. I'm going to shut up. Um, please do support me at any of those things. There's links all up in the show notes. Uh, if you're new here, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you're old here, please do remember to give us an honest, ideally positive review in iTunes. And either way, please do consider joining the Facebook group. It's called RC Industry Podcast, and it's on Facebook, obviously. But for now, without any more delays, this is Binti Blair. I think before we started, I don't think Liverpool had much of a scene. I mean, it had pro pro clubs, but it didn't have anything for up-and-coming talent. And for us, given Liverpool's reputation for a sense of humour and grassroots comedy, it's it didn't have any. So there wasn't anywhere for someone to start out and actually learn the craft. It was just, you're done. Or nothing so there was kind of a, a a gap that needed filling us kind of where we came at the other end so we've had played the long game thinking that we'll start with the newer acts and we did do some pro nights as well but we didn't know any of them mm. so we started at the back end with all the newer stuff and just played the long game and figured in five six years they'll just be good and then we'll have you know a, a, a new type of circuit i mean we didn't put that much thought into it to be fair, we just wanted to make people laugh and just do gigs. So we just kind of did it with common sense. I, we didn't look at the circuit. We didn't look at the competition. Like probably the worst business model ever. <laughs> yeah, you know, where's your SWOT analysis? Me, what analysis? Yeah. You no, know, it, it, it. We just didn't do that much because we didn't want to be tainted by history. You know, mm. we, we just sort of went forward and we just did comedy with the common sense of, hey, can everyone see? <laughs> you know, can they hear? Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then I was always surprised about how many people would come and go, oh, this is a really well-run gig. I was like, why? Like, because they can see the stage. Like, <laughs> but apparently that's not as common sense on it's, the circuit as, as you would think. You've been at the Fringe four days. You must know that it's not <laughs> every venue. Yeah, I, I, I can't stop looking at venues and think, you know what I do here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just inbuilt in me, I think, to just look and analyse and just be like, I put more seats in here. You know? <laughs> but... um. So uh, yeah, as for me, I mean to be fair, I didn't actually go to that much comedy before. I've always been into making people laugh, not comedy. There mm. is a there is a distinct difference. It just yeah. happens that people laugh from comedy. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it was always just about making people laugh. And my brother started the club, and I was just there. 
Right. And then I ended up just getting it absorbed into it to help because I'm big brother. Yeah. Um, I ended up just sort of helping and, ha- and then it's just kind of escalated and just evolved into a thing that yeah. is apparently now just massive. But for yeah. me, I still think of it as the thing that we started out as with 12 people in a nightclub that seated 280 people, <laughs> which is our first gigs. Oh. So I think I may have answered the question in, in that somewhere. There's somewhere in there. There's, 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 Edu- there's edited down to a sentence. Yeah, yeah time has passed, is what we'll go with. Um, <laughs> that's much. I, I think it was Ben Tage, I might have got this wrong, but I asked him about this and I, I said, how's your comedy show going? And I think it was him who said, um, oh, I'm not a comedian, remember, I'm an artist working in comedy. And it was like one of those weird ones where you go, oh yeah, yeah, because they, they can be distinctive between the two where you go, I just want to make people laugh or I want to do a comedy. Like there, there, is a, there can be a distinction between the two. So you've just always been the older brother joker type thing. Yeah, I consider, consider myself more of a purist, like, okay. Gar- like Gary Delaney, you know, oh, yeah, he's in yeah. it for the laughs, yeah. you know, and like I'm, I'm not the, the business side of things. I, right. I keep it grounded so it's balanced. I'm glad I got the right side of this. <laughs> yeah, well basically my brother is is the business side, the marketing side. He's he's like kind of the brain mm. of of the, of the club. And then I just sort of he deals with the many and I deal with the one. Right. So I deal with the customer in front of me. He deals with the customers that aren't there yet. And so I just I just keep it grounded. So he's the brain and I'm more more the heart that keeps it personal and he keeps it from going completely under yeah <laughs> I just spend the money and he goes hey can we have a word <laughs> yeah 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 like if I had my own way there'd be slides <laughs> like and to no chairs. money yeah yeah <laughs> but if he had his way it would be seats and seats and it would be yeah. a good well run machine but it would lack that personal experience yeah which I think I bring and without him it would just be a mess so I presume you were not allowed near the new club until it opened <laughs> I built it oh okay I built the new club to his specification oh no okay no, no. I design and build most of the stuff um, with the help of um, like Robin Perkins helped with the design yeah, yeah, of the yeah. first club and she helped with the second one as well um, but basically yeah we just build it with the common sense and I think I just want this I want this here and this there and this mm. there and then I build it and then everyone falls out with me because there's no plan <laughs> and then we all have a breakdown and I end up just doing it myself watching a YouTube video and just going hey, I can do this how oh, can it be <laughs> apparently very yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah we just so we I, I just keep everything based in a sense of humour you know I want this here because I think it'd be funny I want that I want this like the first club's designed with a joke Mm. because we have a stage in front of the entrance to the theatre and the entrance right. to the theatre is only about it looks like a an eight foot room it looks right. tiny so there's a stage in front of it and everyone thinks that's the show when we first <laughs> opened yeah. people think that was where the show was going to be they would move tables and chairs people were like I'm not standing for the whole show yeah. two people walked in left emailed us later and going oh we didn't like that there was, there was no you couldn't see <laughs> the stage and then when we would open a door it would be the punchline yeah. so it was the feeder at the the stage you could see and then we open the door and it's the reveal yeah. you know you'd have people pulling up chairs and then we'd open the door and then the friends would just laugh at them yeah. so the, even the club itself has got a joke built into it, it it's yeah. meant to just be funny because yeah. it's purpose built we've got the shell of a building and just completely just designed a personal club that had no limitations because there was just breeze block and nothing else so we just built whatever we wanted and we just thought, hey, this would be funny. Yeah. Hey, how about this? This would be funny. Sometimes you just make things just stupid that you can't access yeah. them because I just yeah, think yeah, hey, yeah. this would be dead funny. Yeah. We have a second room in our club and um, you have to leave the venue to get to it. Yeah, oh, wow. I just think it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun- yeah, that, <laughs> hey, do you have anything that might be awkward? Nah, it would be funny. I think, 
I think making something too slick means you lose out on a story. Yeah, I think it should be slick, but without pretentiousness. Yeah, just because yeah, yeah. we don't want to be that that branded machine where it's this is how you do comedy now. Yeah, you, do, yeah. you get this and this and this color and this yeah. kit, and, and then you just order it from a performer. Yeah, and then someone puts it together, and you think like, hmm, like where where's the heart? Where's the yeah. where's the love that's gone into it? And every single room is bespoke to a degree from everything from the, the size of the stage to mm. the to the pitch of the, the the ramps and everything else it's just what you know what lighting are we using how can i make it better and we mm. constantly go forward with new venues and then backtrack to the old venues and yeah. add in the new stuff that we've learned mm. even what soundproofing to use mm. you know because like and we basically we just had to become all of these things just to build a club because we didn't know anyone who did it, mm. so we just had to just keep learning, like oh, fire eggs and then yeah. oh, oh, soundproofing. What's soundproofing? Yeah, yeah. Like, can I, can people just not talk quiet? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, everything was just built personally. What was the question? I just asked, <laughs> I just asked how you were. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really. We haven't got into this yet, right? Like, um, where am I? <laughs> I I know what you. Mean. I I think I think just taking something that people aren't expecting and being fun. I I I'll show you this after. I made a, a seven foot box. And I put my poster in it and underneath, like, cut a hole. And then below that, it says, please do not look in this box. Because instead of putting posters up, I thought it'd be more fun to hide it and then push out a big green box that has it in. Yeah. And then when anyone walks up to it, I just come up behind them and go, I did ask you not to look in the box. But if you <laughs> like the information, here is a fly. <laughs> see, I like, see, just watch their face go, what, but why can't I? Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, see, on paper, that sounds like a terrible business model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from a comedy point of view, he's <laughs> like, because I think there's more of a reward yeah. to the one that looks yeah, 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 than, yeah. than all the people that might actually follow the advice exactly <laughs> yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. so Simon why is your show so quiet well yeah. it's quiet but I've dedicated fans mm. I mean they really wanted to come the target demo for this gig yeah. is definitely pedants who yeah. like to adventure yeah they, <laughs> they didn't know the consequences when they looked in the box yeah, yeah, yeah. they saw the show so they do now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that kind of thing but like I said I, I come at it from a purely yeah, sense of humour points of view. Exactly. Going, oh, this is this would be dead funny, and then <laughs> this is where my brother comes in and just goes, "But what about actual money? money? Yeah. We'll we'll be broke in a week, <laughs> but they'll have laughed." Yeah, like yeah, once, yeah. <laughs> and then we're gone. It's to celebrate our six years. Can we not just paint the walls gold? <laughs> just let's make it. Why not? Why? Why would that be funny? Because think of how much we'll be in debt. <laughs> it seems like a. I, don't, I like I like you better than your brother. I'll be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> just based on that, I feel like that's that. Y I I spend money on frivolous things because I think it'll be amusing. Yeah. And people then say to me, "Oh, but you're broke," and I'm like, "Yeah, but I was broke before. Yeah. Like I'm just more. <laughs> it's not like it's it's yeah. going to be better or anything." But when I get back to the club, I've got a display case that I want to fill with jelly beans. Nice. For no reason. Okay. Goes, oh, can you guess how many? No. <laughs> no, no, you can just look at them. You look at the jelly beans. Just know that somebody spends a lot of money on a lot of jelly beans for one person to go. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to put like a little plaque next to it that just says, I don't care how many are in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably will. That'd be actually. quite fun, actually. Um, okay, so, so you start 2010. Well, your, bro your brother started, then you weren't maybe involved at that point. So basically, I, I think I've pretty much been to every gig. Oh, okay. I was always there helping because, right. like, it, it, you know, it's family thing. And mm. um, he so he started it with his business partner. But then at the beginning, like all businesses, it lost money. Yeah. And I don't think his business partner had the same love for comedy as um, as my brother. So then he sort of backed out, and I just went, "Oh yeah, I'll do it." 
Right. So then me and my brother put money in out of our own jobs that we were doing at the time. What, what were you doing? Um, I was a manager. Okay. I think I was a manager and a teacher. Keep it vague. Well, I worked. I worked. <laughs> I worked at a petrol station. Um, okay. So it wasn't like a great paying job, mm. but so me and my brother basically put in like a thousand, a thousand pound between us mm. to keep the club going because mm. it's dead expensive. Mm. Yeah. Because <laughs> most people don't know is that um, comedy clubs follow a similar path as comedians. <laughs> you know, you go from an open spot and we go from a gig in a room, and then you go to like oh, your first trial spot, and then we'll get like a residency somewhere, and then mm. you go like oh now I'm getting a pay gig, and now we've got maybe a mic. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. and then you get a trial at the comedy store, and then we get a, like a, a big name act finally someone with a TV credit. I think the t- first TV act we ever got was Gary Delaney, so he's actually a, a good friend at the club now, yeah, and yeah. you know, and he's he's a milestone of our actual journey, and yeah. we've actually got his um, his profile on the wall of the new club. Oh, cool! So we've got um, twelve panels mm. in in the new club, and it's kind of like a jazz bar themed yeah. um, club. Because all our bars are themed. Theme yeah, well, right one's right. a street theme, so it's yeah. got street lights and yeah. pavements. And second floor we're on, and we use real paving slabs. We could have just used concrete yeah. and molded it. That would have been much lighter and easy. But no, no, 70 kilo paving slabs. Yeah. So two flights of stairs, please. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, just do it. Just yeah. I'm so sore and tired. Um, so, yeah, so the street theme, and then this one, because we kind of we p- operate more like a weather spoons. Right. In that, it, it always stinks of pee. No, <laughs> we operate like a weather spoons, in more that we use the building itself to dictate the design of the, yeah. the bar. So, we, we we inherited some stuff with the new venue. So, it wasn't like the original one where we had carte blanche to just do whatever we wanted. Yeah. We had to work around certain things. So, we have, we've got 12 panels, and um, on them, we paint. Um, we paint the profile pictures of comedians who've been part of the milestones of the club. Uh, I'm not even sure if Gary Delaney knows. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the wall. Yeah. He might not like it. Sorry, Gary. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's classy. Yeah, it's yeah, classy. Yeah. You can't even see the, the cockpits on it or anything. <laughs> Yet. I'm sure you'll just be <laughs> adding them on to like later on. Um, so... Okay, so and, and you're you're bringing in new acts. So I assume this is, it's, just, it's a new material. Right? It's a new act night at the start, and other clubs are bringing in TV names, big names. We're talking like Jimmy Carr, Derek, Gary Delaney, those sort of touring acts. Is that about right? Um, I think probably not Jimmy Carr, but he's a, he's Echo Arena role above right. now. So, but pretty. I mean, to be fair, we always approached it from a grassroots point of view, and then we have the high profile end on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But we we got every type of spot. So we've got the brand new acts for hobbyists and people just wanting to get in. And then we've got, we do new material nights, but we only, we have new material nights for open spots and we have new material nights for pro acts only. And the rule is you have to do new stuff. Mm. And that was in response to the many professional comedians we've seen stagnate Mm. and rest on a 20 for the last 20 years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a story of one comedian who they did the joke so long he had to change it from him in the story to his son. <laughs> like he's been doing that joke for a generation. Yeah. But it's like I think the circuit's changed so much that you have to be constantly adapting. Yeah. And I don't think that some comedians get less funny. It's that everyone else gets more mm. and they just get left behind. And I've yeah. seen it happen so much. So we do the new material nights to encourage people to keep fresh, mm. even if they don't know. And it's good because they apply, so we don't. It's just, and that's the you just got to apply. If you want a gig, you can always gig with us. That's yeah, yeah. the the kind of thing. There's a passion behind the build. There's a passion behind how we run it. So we like there to be a passion behind the people that perform. Mm. It's a very personal club. I've seen good acts not do well mm. just because they don't have the l- same level of personality. It's a very polished set. It doesn't work. Yeah, polished yeah. sets don't work in our club. It has to be more 
loose and love you know it's that kind of thing you know and you see acts who are normally deadpan and they break character and just start laughing just because they're enjoying it and again it's that's kind of beautiful to see yeah. you know corpse and on stage it's just the yeah, fun. Yeah, i yeah. think it's the most like if you can make the comedians laugh on stage yeah. because they're enjoying it i think you've you've really ticked the box totally I, I mean, I used to go to the comedy store gong show, first to see who was winning, but also to see who, how people were dying, not who and how, you know, there's something, um, there's an art to dying gracefully, yeah. especially in a gig that was quite brutal like that, but yeah. just in general, and I think you can learn more, I mean, everyone always says, oh, you can learn more from your bad gigs than your good gigs, but there's something great about watching, and I don't mean it in a bad way if you're listening enough to watch you die, but I just mean there's something great about watching someone and how their flight or fight kicks in, yeah. and how they actually either hold hold that emotion or how they just let let rip and have a go. I mean, Russell Hicks, a mate of mine, he's got a video online of him just laying into them because he's just watched them have a go at all his mates yeah. for like an hour. Yeah, and Russell so Hicks is excellent. Yeah, he's one of my favorite actors to watch because you never yeah. know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, exactly. But Russell mm-hmm. Russell approaches comedy with a pure yeah. purest point of view, and I think only now is he even starting to look about marketing yeah he's been talking to me about it all for yeah he keeps like, me R- russell if, if russell was the comedy club he'd be me yeah we're like why do i need to advertise it's like because no one knows who you are yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you're one of, the, one of the best acts on the circuit and you've got lesser acts doing better than you because they have an account on twitter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't even think he had a twitter account at one point and yeah. it's just like it, it's admirable yeah because he's done so well without it and that's a purely like i should be recognized on my ability and talent alone mm. was like you've got to be seen to be recognized and it's that it's it's a hard because like i say if you're purist about it you don't want to compromise your integrity by letting in what you've done by going hey guys take a look at me yeah yeah, because the second you do that if you're that type of person you kind of feel like you've lessened your own craft or product Mm. you know because it should be like everyone just seeks you out which Mm. is a i mean it's a borderline arrogant point of view but it comes from a really nice place yeah i I wouldn't put him down as arrogant no he's not he's not at all but it's just sort of it's it's almost naive just going everyone look at me yeah yeah. but it's it's beautiful it's real i I admire him for it because he's just he's so determined and adamant to just do it his own way yeah and it you know it, it is it's a nice it's a nice thing that you don't see it very often that level of no. of of love yeah. for what you do to not want to even damage the integrity of it in any way yeah that you keep it in its most purest form as i'm gonna do i'm gonna do comedy you can come see it yeah here is where i am at the end where, where, where i take it as is the circuit and and especially tv and radio isn't always a meritocracy and i feel like it's him going I want this to be that, so I'm going to play the game like it's a meritocracy, regardless. I'm not going to play yeah. the numbers on social yeah. media. I'm not going to play the, you know what I mean. I'm not going to play those little games. I'm just going to be funny. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I even, I mean, he doesn't, he didn't believe me, but I said one of my dreams would be to be well known enough. I don't have to be on social media yeah. because is then you don't have to fuck around going. Oh, I'm here's be. a question though: like, how good would Russell be if he'd have spent any time? on advertising instead of learning this craft well, that's would he even be as good as he is if he had bothered with twitter so where's where's the balance like would he even be russell hicks if yeah. he had a twitter account well that that's the thing i, I said to him that i'd be two, one of two ways that would go one you'd get obsessed with the numbers you'd, you'd fall down the rabbit hole that everyone falls down and you'd let your comedy slide or you'd let your progression slide or you join it you'd realize you don't like it but you've got to do the bare minimum you can on it and so people would be able to find you and you still progress so you would get more audience so you'd be better because you'd not have to worry about having people in yeah um but you'll we'll never know because on the plus side isn't his entire audience pretty much based up of russell hicks fans yeah because if you don't know he's there yeah. you have to go 
yeah. only if you know and if oh, you yeah, know yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know his gigs are great but I think that's I think that's what I'll, I mean that's what I want I only want people who know what I do and have friends who, who actively say to friends I think you'd like this not let's get everyone together yeah <laughs> because you don't want I, I personally don't want everyone coming and just because it, it, I did a DVD record two you know, three years ago and like in the audience I could see people who'd bought friends who didn't like it and that's not I've got that memory forever now yeah. it's on fucking tape and you don't need their faces looking at you going did you really mean is this the guy like is this, and they're having a good time yeah. so it's just like one of those weird yeah like we all want our base yeah you know? That, yeah. that, that's all as well that's all um, expectation meets reality yeah, as yeah, well yeah. it's like someone telling you a movie's good and then you go into it expecting to be amazing and then it's good but it's not as good as you thought it was going to be so now you're disappointed yeah exactly um, so, let's, so there's two things that have come out of that let's talk about progression ladder at the club and then we'll talk about uh, social media to do with the club and two of the acts. Yeah. So let, let's say um, there's a comedian in fact, we'll, we'll do it at two different stages there's a comedian who's fairly new however long you class that as uh, who wants to start gigging with you what's the process for that and what's the progression they could possibly get um, they just need to ask they just need to ask that's okay. it people I think the, the problem with from what I see the problem with the circuit is that there's been a th there's a certain um, expectation established over the years and when we started we had that kind of like what people already knew and their experiences with progression and blacklists and politics and they just projected it onto us mm. expecting us to follow the same mold and like i said when we started we didn't do the research and i don't mean that in that we didn't look at anything we just didn't care about how it was because that would just make us do the same thing so we just did stuff with a level of common sense and this projection that comes onto us, it happens all the time. And we're just like, people go, am I, am I barred now? I said, why? I said, because I had a bad gig. I said, you had a bad gig? I said, you might just have to wait a little bit, but, or or do another spot. Or, but why would, you, do you know how much effort it takes to have a blacklist? <laughs> but yeah. we, we do have this, this projection onto us in terms of like, I'm, I'm a bard. It's like the only way to get blacklisted from our club really is to stop emailing. Right. You blacklist yourself. Because I don't know if you stop emailing. I get a thousand emails a week. And then people go, he's not replying. It's like, do you realize how many emails I get? Mm. I, it's got, I used to reply to everybody mm. religiously. I still watch every clip people send me. Mm. Don't email me every clip, everyone. <laughs> um, You're going to regret that. I know. Gonna, Why have I got 200,000 emails? Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to take a month off. Yeah. I think you've now overestimated my audience. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but basically, yeah, it, there's a certain like, I do watch everyone's clips. If you send me, the, if you took the time to send me the clip, I take the time to watch it. Mm. I might not watch the whole thing, yeah, yeah, but I will watch it. You know, I, 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 I so you're a, you're a freedom of speech advocate. So if someone came along and did a joke that some people might perceive as homophobic or racist or any of those, or even even satirically in that area, you're you obviously take a judgment call case by case. But you're freedom of speech, so you don't mind if someone's trying something out. Yeah, I believe you can say whatever you want. It's just there just has to be an attempt at being funny. Yeah, because some people <laughs> see Frankie Boyle and then just go, "Oh, I can be offensive." It's like, yeah, so can I. Mm. But he's not. He's mm. he tr he's always trying to be funny mm. within it. Like he's trying to be offensive as well. But he mm. is he is funny. He, yeah. I don't think he ever writes a joke and goes, "Oh, this will offend them." Mm. I do think he ends every joke he writes with goes, "Oh, let's get a laugh." Mm. You know, so it just has to be funnier than it is offensive. Mm -hmm. 
because you're always going to offend somebody. Yeah. And I'm, my 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 genuine question to people is: Can you even take offence if you didn't give it? Because mm. I, I think then you've stolen my offence mm. and you're in the wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like I, I like if that. I say anything yeah. with no malice. Yeah. Can you actually be offended by it? You can correct me. Yeah. yeah. But you choose to take offence, and if yeah. you choose to take offence on somebody who didn't mean any. Mm. Like sometimes it's just naivety, but naivety is not nasty. Naivety yeah. is just education. Oh yeah. You know, if that person's I still saying it after you correct yes. them, then it's offensive. But like, yeah, so I do believe you can say within within the bounds of common sense, yeah, you yeah. can say whatever you want. We mm. we encourage people to to try. I mean, our original name was was Comedy Hub, mm. as in it was always intended to be a massive place to for people to come and try new things and and just test things and and push the barriers and be something new mm. and we didn't know we weren't something new at the time mm. uh, we just thought we were a comedy club i thought all comedy clubs had a stage and lights and mics and, uh, and chairs and thought about seating and you know it, but apparently it's not mm. like I, i'm oh i'm still I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that that isn't the thing because we set up our gigs right from day one but we didn't even know we did we just went oh, this is how you do comedy yeah yeah but we never we always strive to just keep improving you know I, like my motto in life is just do it better tomorrow than it was today mm. just change one thing even if it's just one of the levels on the mixer mm. or the volume or the gain on the mic or the lighting level the lighting temperatures just change one thing try it is it your intro yeah this will be a new intro for me you know because we do live intros we don't have pre-recorded ones and this is my worry about growing mm. as i it's really hard to mm. teach someone to do a live intro because like I'll adapt my intros if the audience don't laugh as loud or clap as loud as I want them to. I won't carry on with the intro. I've I've restarted a show before. We had a show once where the heckling just got out of hand. We don't get heckles very often, but this gig just started off with idiots. So I literally just I cut the mic off the MC, which I've only ever done twice in the entire time of comedy, and never to do with the MC. I just cut the cut the mic, cut the lights, restarted the show, intro music, and reinforced the rules with a massive level of sarcasm, and then gave the MC back the control of the room because it was just a tennis match. They were heckling each other. It's like the MC wasn't involved. I think you can't control something if you're not involved, you know. And then. I forgot the question again. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I just want to know if you're okay. I'm just I, checking I, I, if you're I'm okay. Clearly not. <laughs> clearly not. But um, what was what was our freedom of speech? And, yeah. And I I agree with you. I, oh, progression as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So the the points I was the points I was making yeah. was I making a point? What's a point? What is a point? Um, <laughs> so the, let's not get philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> what am I? Who am I? When am I? Um, the the whole thing with progression is again it's it comes with a, a package of progression and people think like oh, I've got to do like ten open spots and then it's like yeah. no because that's that might be the comedy stores thing or or jungles mm. God God rest their soul you know when you had to do an open spot in this this part mm. of the country and then travel another hundred miles mm. to this part of the country and this part of, why if you were funny there yeah. Why do you need to be funny there too and prove it and prove it and prove it all around the world? For those that don't have the visual aspect of this, my finger's pointing all over the place. Yeah. Um, He's worked out what a point is. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a point is now. He just needs to work out when and who he is. And yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but if, so people think, like the question I get asked a lot is, so how many how many spots do I have to do to, to get um, paid work? And I go, as many as it takes. Yeah. Like some people 
are funny straight away. Some people take 10 gigs, some people take 100, some people are, will never be the level they need to be. Would you ever tell someone, I just don't think our audience is for you? If they asked. Okay. I, I, I learned quickly, I learned either. quickly, never volunteer feedback because the only time you can give it in person is straight after the gig and straight after the gig is the worst time yeah. to, to talk to an act because they're either riding high still off the adrenaline or on the come down from the adrenaline and it'll never be received well even if it's honest and not meant with any malice and constructive nobody wants to hear that their thing that they made was less than what they wanted it to be mm -hmm. even if it was good like if i made a cake and someone went yeah it was good it wasn't the best cake ever i'd be like oh yeah you know it's still i'd still you know i'd go out and try and make a better cake but mm. i would i would still be like oh, i really i thought that was the best one i did oh mm. crap and a lot of the problem we have with progression is that people benchmark themselves against themselves, which is great from a, a driven point of view. Yeah. But when you're booking a gig, you're not benchmarked against yourself. Your best gig could be that gig that night, but your best gig is still not as good as as you know the the veterans on the circuit. You mm. know the, the consistently funny you know Martin Moore, who's you know he's a legend, isn't he? You know, but he's just he's that good. You book him, he'll smash it, he'll come, he'll be happy, he's a nice man, he'll go, and you're like, perfect act, you know, consistently funny, amazing, and just a lovely fella. And they're the sort of the things that you look at. You know, the, the trials in our club are part on stage and part in the green room, because like I say, it's a personal space. We've built it with personality. If you're just in it for the money, and come two seconds before your spot and leave two seconds after your spot, it's hard for me to get on board with you as an act I mean, I still listen to the crowd. I'm not an idiot. If they're laughing, it's it's a win. But there is a, a you're trying to f to to craft a good lineup. You want people just with that love that shines through. You know, you got people coming up like like Gary Meikle and mm. just loves it. Absolutely loves it. Evan Demery loves it. Loves comedy. Says yeah to a gig. Doesn't even ask the fee. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'll be there. It's yeah, like yeah. you know, he's already there. It's like yeah. it's after two weeks, mate. Get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, the, the people that drive and passion, and, and I know it's a it's a hard circuit to be in. You know, it, it is it's a hard one because comedy is essentially a hobby that gets lucky. Mm. You know, it's it's like anything though. So, you know golf people golf and then get good not everyone's tiger woods mm. you know and some people are never going to be a pro golfer no matter how much golf they play and comedy is no exception to that i mean it's a weird one because it's so depressing to hear but so true yeah <laughs> it, it, it is and but it's finding your place within the comedy yeah like there's always a space for you somewhere it might not be club gigs but edinburgh is a great place mm. for for people to be whatever they want to be for a month and find their audience and find their voice and like it, you know you you can find how you can tailor your set to to work in a club or you can decide that oh, actually club stuff's not for me i might just get a profile and and do a tour you know paul smith's on tour at the minute and he's no agent no real tv credits you know no he's never left liverpool yet pretty much you know the entire country is buying tickets to go see him he's a he's a complete anomaly in the circuit of how <laughs> how you can win a comedy without mm. really playing that game so i think especially with the, the way we when we started you know we set out just to do to be funny and then now what we've done is pretty much create a new path that isn't in london that doesn't involve tv there is a way to actually do well on the circuit without having to do this game that everyone thinks is the only way to get good in comedy but it just goes to show as well that's also probably not the only way but everyone gets stuck into this mold, and this is what goes back to when I said I don't do, didn't do the the research in it because 
I, I think idiots come up with the best ideas because they're not bound. But if you ask a scientist about science, he'll give you answer framed with exactly what he knows is possible. If you ask an idiot about science, he'll just go, levity and shoes. Yeah. You know, scientists would never come up with the ideas because yeah. they're bounded in their own yeah, bubble. And you ask an idiot, you get the best answers. Yeah, you know? sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even the crap ones are great. Yeah, yeah. But they're not bounded so they just try stuff you know like it's like the the monkey story you know the monkey and a the thousand banana oh, yeah thousand typewriters make shakespeare that one no no the oh. one where basically they put food a banana at the top of a ladder and every time the monkey climbs up they shoot him off with yeah. some water and then the monkey watches him he tries gets shot off and eventually the monkeys stop trying and they replace all the monkeys so that none of them have ever tried turn the water off and they don't get any bananas ever because they don't climb the ladder yeah so that's the thing. If if you think it that's like a really fun and cruel day at that science lab, do you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're sitting around going, "We could solve cancer. Let's put a banana <laughs> on top of the tree. Let's do that, guys." Yeah, but it's just an analogy for how uh, conditioning can stop you actually achieving things. Yeah, because you've just been told it can't be done. Well, the, this is the weird question because I, I had a, and I won't name who it is because it's not fair to them. But I had a few friends of mine, and one in particular messaged me before Edinburgh, going, "Should I do this?" And I was like, why are you asking me? You know if you want to do it. And they were like, no, but I don't know if I should do it. And I'm like, well, you're asking me, so you clearly want to do it. Do it. And and I bumped into this particular person the other day, and I said, how's the show going? And they went, oh, it's just great. I'm really loving it. You know, like, someone's up, someone's down, but I'm just, I'm having a great time, and I'm learning from everything, blah, blah, blah. And, and um, my friend came over and said, oh, wh why didn't you fully you know commit to an answer why didn't I fully commit to an answer for him and I said because I told him he could do it if he wants to do it and he can make up his own mind and it was and he said it was a very freeing way of looking at it where you go well I clearly want to do it because I wouldn't even consider it if I didn't you know have it in my mind yeah and but but he just needed someone else for some reason to go oh we don't have to I don't have to be constricted where I'm not going to name it but where he runs that gig I can bring it up to Edinburgh and try and promote it if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here and stuff. So I, I think... I, I think the problem is is that a lot of people who have who are in comedy starting in a day job or have or have got a day job and there's like a path on those and there's like a you kind of following the person in front of you or, or the manager or whatever it is yeah and so you think comedy works the same way whereas in in my opinion or, or at least my my experience I'm building what I want to do in it rather than looking at it and going oh okay I mean don't don't get me wrong there are paths and narratives and things I'm learning from other people who've done it or done similar better and are more famous yeah. than me but you don't have to think I can't do that because it's not something I've already done yeah it's like following everybody up the stairs and then the guy next to you is building an escalator yeah yeah, yeah. you know but if you just watch stairs all the time you just walk like forever yeah. is you just gotta try stuff all the time don't be but not enough people do that it's, well think. it's suppose it's it's a risk if you try something completely new it's like there's, there might be a reason no one's ever done it, but that's but, but that, that reason might just be because you're you know, the only one to ever think of it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I for me, I like the fact that uh, I like the feeling of learning. That's a really important one for me. But I also like the feeling of of uh, this might fail. <laughs> like I know that sounds horrible, but like if you start something and and there's a, there's a real possibility you're going to look like a tit or you're going to just fall on your face mm. and and then you get the opportunity to learn even more because you learn why it went wrong or you yeah. try and self-reflect. So for me, those are all really good things. Yeah, well, I think the best thing in life is making mistakes. Yeah. Making them again and again is, is an issue. <laughs> well, that's, that comes back to what you said. Yeah, before. don't make the same mistake twice. Yeah. You do it, you move no, no, on, you learn. No, no, three times. Three, for me three. once, it's fine. Oh, no, for I'm, me twice is bad and then three times is the problem. No, I'm a one in. Oh, okay. Just don't make any mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. Sure. <laughs> well, that just goes into what I said earlier. You know, change one thing every day. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just try it. Just try and make it slightly better always. Yeah. And that's the thing. We're constantly looking to always improve the club. Mm. You know, so like the new club is exactly the same as the old yeah. one but it's just been amped up a notch every single bit of it like we fit <laughs> our first stage was just a nightclub dj booth yeah. and then you know the next stage was uh, a wooden you know we had pallets and stuff and then and banners upright banners and then the next stage was a four-piece block work thing that could come apart and that connected mm. together to form a stage with a brick wall that was wallpapered on mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, we got the club where we used um, brick slips. And <laughs> you can't tell from our stage until you hit it, but part of the brick wall is tiled to brick. Another part's tiled to metal, and another part's tiled to plasterboard. So whenever you hit it, it sounds like a wall, metal, and goes, hey, hollow? What the <laughs> hell bricks are these? And then eight years later, <laughs> we finally got a real brick wall that we built. So we built an actual wall downstairs in the new club. So it only took us eight years to get real bricks. Yeah. But like, it's, it's that thing, like, we you know we could have said these brick slips that's how we do our stage mm. the end you know hashtag finished yeah but then i'm like that that's the thing that drives us constantly is like how can i get it better i was like well real bricks that's the way mm. forward now we've got the opportunity and the money to do it finally mm. and that's the thing so every no matter how much money we get i just spend it proportionately yeah. so we always seem to have nothing left and just yeah. keep constantly reinvesting it into the into the clubs you know it's the same with the lights and I go, this light's good but 
think this light's better. I'm gonna yeah, do yeah. this light now, and then I go, I'm gonna buy that light for the other club now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just have spare lights everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Love lights. Yeah, yeah. you can't be lit enough. Like, no. Yeah, I forget the acoustics. Just the lighting of the thing. Um, okay, so I'm gonna. There are a few other questions I want to ask that uh, are normally around clubs and in that sort of area. Yeah. I think they're probably redundant just because of the way you answered those but I'm going to ask them yeah I, I don't, I'm not sure I've answered any of the a- questions you've asked maybe I've answered the future <laughs> questions yeah I've answered the future questions yeah, yeah. maybe like maybe if you just transpose all the answers like one question along yeah, I think oh, more likely to get a better that'd be a, a bloody good flow. edit that'd be, that'd be like the Trump edit of that where it's just like so, so uh, why, why do you start the club lights are really important to yeah. <laughs> just, yeah well because there's a lot of there's a lot of talk of um the impact of TV on the careers of comedians. And a lot of clubs uh, in London use those as marketing tools, for example, you know, as seen on and, or, you know, with Netflix special, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Does that work with your club? And if not, or if so, why? In terms of like the Bringing action in people. people. Yeah. And, and do you take that into account? To be honest, we, we do a night which is called As Seen on TV, and that's the night where we do the new material, and then we have our TV headliner. And I mean, I'm talking a loose TV credit. Mm, yeah. Be- and the reason it's loose is because I don't think anybody really cares. I think if you're on tour, then yeah, obviously, mm. Deliso and Britain's Got Talent has helped us tour massively, mm. and, you know, Tape Face and, and you know, um, Rabbit White. Yeah. You know, and all that. They are riding the back. And I think, but. Britain's Got Talent and, and all that. I think it's the only bit of TV, really, that you can do. I mean, Ian Sterling and Love Island, you know, has helped. But I think for the most part, there it's it has less and less impact now, I think. Unless you're on something that everybody watches. Because I think the average age of a TV watching now is like 65 or 60. and But they're not coming to comedy. They're not the demographic. I mean, they, they wouldn't make it up to two flights of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you've, you've future-proofed this in? So it's like, you guys aren't going to come in. We're not, we don't care. Well, to be fair, we, have, we actually have a lift. Well, now you do, because you were seeing everyone on the stairs and you thought, we need to improve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's hidden. Oh, we really? We have a sign saying, if you want to use the lift, let the staff know, but it's at the top of the stairs. Oh, really? This is funny. That's quite good. <laughs> I like that idea. But it's, no, it's, um, we, we actually looked for quite a while to find a, a disabled accessible venue because mm. most comedies are in basements or yeah, a loft. And it's like so it's a nightmare so and we even put a ramp in our stage mm. so everybody could perform like mm. and i think the the whole club's ethos is about inclusion because comedy mm. for me is a great equalizer mm. you know no matter what you look like or who you are or anything like that on stage just judged by your jokes mm. no one uh, very few people look at someone and goes oh i don't like them because they're a woman or don't like them because they're not the same color as me mm. and uh, very few people and then people get dealt with very quickly yeah I, I, won't, I won't tolerate any of it. It's just it's just not right. And that's not what we're about. But we are massively on inclusion mm. anyway. So and that, then again, that that whole I won't even go into it because it's just bringing it down yeah. and everything. But like the gender bias thing is projected and it's perception and even the click. You know, oh, it's a big click down there. It's like no, mm. they're just closer. Yeah. Like it's physics. Mm. It's maths. It's literally a locus around the club. Yeah. It's like if you look at the most common acts at the club, you'll find they're within a ten mile radius. Yeah. I was like, and that is literally just. I mean, you're welcome to come down as many times as you want mm. if you're willing to make the two hundred mile trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people do. To be fair, I mean, Gary Meekles mm. in Scotland, and he's been at the club more than some of the Manchester acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and again, but that's passion and drive, and it's yeah. rewarded because you see the people who want it, and you're like, mm. I want to work with you. Yeah. And I see you being amazing in the future, and if I can support that that passion and drive rather than quench it and kill mm. it and be like do 12 more open spots yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the stuff that kills passion oh, yeah. and drive it's like 
it's you not know, seeing the end result. It's not seeing yeah, a, a progression. But people don't see everything as the problem. They just mm. see the little bit and just be like, oh, Adam Rowe gets loads of gigs with hot water. That's because Adam Rowe turned up every gig when we yeah. first started. We didn't know Adam Rowe at the beginning. He yeah. turned up to every gig. Mm. He was there for every cancellation. Mm. You know, He helped us out massively because we didn't know. Mm. We didn't have a list of people to ring in, a, in an emergency. It was just him and Lewis Calvert and Tony Carroll just there going, I'll fill your gaps, I'll fill your gaps, I'll take mm. the stage. And they, it wasn't selfless yeah. for them. They got the stage time out yeah. of it. But it was also, they didn't have to do it every week. They could have gone out to the pub mm. or you know they've all got jobs in the, in the spare time and mm. now if you look at spare time. <laughs> if you yeah you know I'll do this hobby I'll, I might get a little side job yeah, but, yeah. Um, and I mean look at Adam Rowe now mm. you know that again that hunger mm. you know and it's rewarded because he's now he's a massive friend of the club he's pretty much mm. part of it you know in its history and he's got his face on the wall Mm. You know, because he, Adam <laughs> did. I think Adam did like his second ever gig with us, mm. and now he headlines. And we're tying this back into the progression tree. I'm basically just making this the hardest podcast you'll ever edit yeah. by answering Thanks. questions four questions ago. But if you look at the progression tree, it's probably one of the only clubs in the entire country where you can do your first gig and headline. If we can say and do your last gig, <laughs> well, I suppose one of them will be your last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, one of them. Ha- what, what a morbid. Morbid end. I, th- I think that's the fun of this for me, is you never know when your last gig will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, it, it, you know, in terms of progression, yeah, if yeah. you have the drive and... I mean, now it's harder. Yeah. Because there's more people know yeah. about it. It's like, it's like that. Everyone knows about it now. Yeah. We're in the beginning, it was kind of known to a select a few. Secret, yeah. yeah, so it was much easier. We didn't know as many people, so there wasn't as much competition. But it's still possible, you know? Yeah. Like, like I say, like Gary's gone from an open spot to weekends in mm. a quite a quick time. Even what, what, what do you think? Because you've mentioned quotas there, or you mentioned like, you know, the, the, the percentages of male to female acts, or, or even just anything to white male acts, essentially. What, what do you think of that in general in the industry? And has it ever come up like have you ever been accused of being biased to a certain group yeah it it happens loads it uh, it happens loads but it's a thing i didn't even think about because people got in touch i watched their clips i booked the ones i thought was funny the whole gender bias of it i didn't know existed at the time this is why because it shouldn't bother me because i don't have anything to really defend it in my opinion i mean it yet maybe we could do more to offset the balance but me personally i don't believe in favoring one thing over the actual ability it's like i'm not going to book somebody because they're a woman or because they're back to fill a quote i don't believe in quotes because in promoting one side you are leaving another one out you know it, it literally it doesn't work the, the the only way for me to do it properly is just to keep booking people who are funny but the problem is i think and if there was one sort of message to get out i think that projection onto us means some female acts just don't apply thinking oh i never get booked by them it's like if you don't email like i said i want people to want to perform it's a personal club it's not a business we're not backed by breweries and sponsors and investors me and my brother paid our own money for for what five years you know it was you know i ate a lot of tins of beans (laughs) but we, we we put our own money for five years to 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 do this and you know we do it how we think is right and with a good code of ethics and and then you get people who just go, oh, I don't get booked. 
they don't book women. It's like we don't book not funny people, <laughs> and we definitely don't book balance. Yeah, like especially I'm people who are sp- spreading things about yeah. factual information. Like I think I think the whole gender bias thing. Well, I mean, with us, it's ne- for me has never been an issue because if you're funny you're funny like uh, and, and, and specifically when you say that you mean funny to you and the audience you bring in yeah yeah because i feel like, like a lot of people don't realize that you can be very funny in club a you're just not very funny in club b and it doesn't mean that you're not funny it just means that who you're cultivating and bringing yeah, it's, in it's the right fit exactly it's like having a jazz drum in a rock band yeah it doesn't mean you're <laughs> a bad drummer you're just the wrong beat it's yeah. it, that that's that's just a fact mm. not everybody's going to be good everywhere yeah you know but, there, but there's a naivety to that when people start where they go i want to be able to play every room and i was like that when i first started i was like, i want to play every room it's and a good challenge no it's because, not though well, i mean I, it slows you down because it means that you you want to you want to you want to play a wedding and you want to play like a toilet in Edinburgh like do you know what I mean like why why do you think how can you be that arrogant that you think your material will transcend both those things it might do but P- it just seems me really personally, odd. I like the challenge of adapting your material on the fly yeah, to but make I'm, it funny that's kind of my my um, way of gigging I just want to make people laugh yeah so it's the challenge of going I once did a charity gig and died so badly that when I came off stage I went around every table and told them jokes individually yeah <laughs> I thought you were going to say you apologised <laughs> like, I never apologised yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, never, I head, didn't I make just like you going, I'm so <laughs> sorry for that joke yeah it no, was I mean, really to be fair, bad I died because no one could hear me oh, okay. it was a bad setup and I just went before. Um, no, they're gonna hear some jokes. They've paid yeah. for jokes. I'm yeah, gonna go yeah. around and, I, and people laughed. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it, it's just, I, I just, I, me, or just want to make people laugh. That's mm. all I really want to do. This yeah. whole projected politics and all that. I think, I think the reason we've done so well is just because we just stayed out of it. Mm. It's like, nah, not for me, not for me. It's like running the race and looking behind you never yeah, really gets yeah. you anything. Or oh, where's everyone else? What's everyone else doing? It's like, I'm just doing this. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm researching the fire eggs and soundproofing. Like, yeah. oh, what are you doing? I'm watching you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing more than you right now. Well, okay, uh, well let's talk about your audience then. Let's oh, talk so about, let's just before, th- what I was going to say is like, like, literally, if you think we don't book women or black people or disabled people, your your assumption is what's not getting you booked because mm. you're not emailing. Yeah. Like, literally, just email. And just because you don't get a reply doesn't mean you're not, you, you, doesn't mean you're being ignored. It just means I've got a lot of <laughs> emails. Mm. But, the, s- the second you stop emailing is yeah. the second you stop gigging for us I, I literally just keep applying and and just keep your head up about it because th- there is no real blacklist there there are a few people we just don't like to work with that's not the same as a blacklist no. because they can talk to us and and you know I me mean? it's like even if like an act was racist they could stop being racist Mm-hmm. <laughs> the pure, yeah. it's like it's not an, an, a, a never ending thing like you will never work in it I don't how hard it is to hold a grudge yeah. too busy Yeah. too busy work six months straight I don't have time for grudges yeah 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 totally you know so that would be the best the best message to get out there really is just like but, but also, just keep emailing but also realising and, and part of this podcast for me has really added a lot of empathy to your side of this because like you said you might get a thousand emails in a week right and you can't get back to everyone anymore even though you might want to and yeah. in your heart of hearts kind of like to and and so just because I didn't get replied doesn't mean that I wasn't funny or whatever or let's use me as an example um, it's just because on those lineups where you were doing them at that time, I didn't fit, or you were full, or or you know you didn't have time because you were buying lights, or you know like <laughs> it, it could be any other factor. And and to jump to it's because of this. That's could be the case in other clubs, but I know for example there are uh, I've compared you guys to Angel for example in London uh, and Monkey Barrel up here. Yeah. There are clubs who are 
building their own model and you you shouldn't project uh, your experiences with let's say junglers because they're no longer around so I can do yeah. that you shouldn't expect your your experience with those no no because projecting people. projecting the same thing to every club is the same as me projecting the same thing to every woman act yeah like if 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 a woman act isn't funny that person's not funny yeah so why would people do it with clubs mm. it's literally people always do the same things and they don't realize it the same mm. things that they moan about but yeah. they don't translate to the thing that they're talking about oh yeah and it, it literally makes no sense i but think I pe- pe- people do like they are their biggest enemy in a lot of ways and that's that's comes into that whole thing and where you said before where it was the um you're taking offense even though i haven't given it yeah it comes back to that again where you're assuming things when we haven't given you any reason to assume that yeah yeah uh, and, and, and there is there is an issue on the circuit i'm not naive or oh yeah, no, to yeah, it, yeah, yeah but definitely there's nothing i can do about that i can only try and set the standard that i work to and hope people like it's not my job to change the, the world i mean and even change the circuit. all i can do is be a better part of it mm. and hope that people see that but yeah. Every, everyone will see perception is you can't change perception because it's not defined by reality mm. it's just defined on the little window and snippet of life and things that people have seen at the time and I, I don't know what they've seen I don't know what video they've seen it'd be mm. like oh I don't like that act is that what the club books it's like no that was just that act mm. but you're fine it's your it's, you can make your mind up but like I say you can choose to email you can choose not to email it's it's one of those like I love comedy. That I, I don't. It's not even comedy that I love. It's m- seeing people laugh that I love. Yeah. It just happens that comedy causes that. that. <laughs> but like, it's the only reason I can justify doing six months straight, you know, <laughs> and nearly killing myself. It's just because I go, if I do this, if I just make this angle like this, it'll be funnier. Yeah. You know, and again, everything is just done to make people laugh more. Mm. You know, I, I live. I live in a, a philosophy that the MC shouldn't get the first laugh of the night. Mm. They should have already laughed. You know, by that point, the MC should be getting the second laugh, the third mm. laugh already, because the people should be looking at stuff. We've got a sweet shop in the other club, <laughs> and it's just so when people arrive, they go, ah, oh, sweet. Yeah. Literally, and one in 20 people will walk in and go, ah, oh, sweet, yeah. because it'll just instantly remind you of being a kid. Kids yeah. laugh, kids are free and everything, yeah. and you can leave all your troubles at the door and have a good night of comedy. And that's it, just because it makes you in a better mindset to laugh. Mm. Like I said, the level of actual stuff in the club <laughs> that's been thought about is borderline worrying. Because it's like, do you I, not have any friends? No, no, I don't. I, I, I don't think it is because, like you said at the start, where you said clubs take the same route as comedians, where they start with open mic and they build that, you know, they just build up from there. Um, same, I don't have any friends. <laughs> and but I'll be your friend. But it's oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Long distance friends. Uh, that's pretty much the only friends I have actually. <laughs> like, like, like I've, got, I've got one in Edinburgh, I've got one in America, and I've got one in Liverpool. Um, you have always got a couch to sleep on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, have you got a nice set couch? Is that yeah? It's okay, nice. cool. comfy. Nice. Is Very that was that planned for comedians as well? I actually have, I I have like three comedians living in my house. Oh really? Because <laughs> yeah. Trish, who's my friend who runs in Taunton, she actually converted her attic space, like she got yeah. into a room because she had so many comedians who she was booking who couldn't afford to stay overnight in places and stuff. So they, so she was like, oh, just we'll do that. And the cat now lives in that space as well. Yeah. So they spend the whole night with the cat and stuff. <laughs> it's really sweet. It's really lovely. Um. So yeah, yeah, I think I think yeah, and that's the thing. It's like the comedy. Being does a comedy doesn't start and end at the stage. It's no. a, it's a massive community, and it's supposed to be that's what it's about. But, but this is the thing, I, I try and, and I, and I hope this podcast reflects that, I try and hold down the idea that we're all in this together, but 
we all have individual targets, so we can't do everything for each other. You know, so yeah. we do support each other, but we do have to break away every now and then and follow our own passion. Well, yeah, because it is still a business at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, Starbucks doesn't help Costa, but I'm pretty sure they'd lend them some sugar. Yeah, exactly. you know, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like they're not complete. No, it's not completely disjointed. So you, so you don't see other clubs as a rival. You don't see them as or just so I don't a really friendly rival. It's not even a rivalry, or a, it's I don't look. Okay. Like, it's not, not like... You I wouldn't don't go visit another club just to see, or... I'd go to see the Axe. Oh, okay. I don't... Go, I mean, you can't not look at what's around. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, when I just, like I say, I walk in and just go, oh, the lighting's off. Yeah. It's wrong temperature. Or, I, I, to be fair, I hope when, you don't say this out loud. You know, walk in and just go, oh, the Oh, no, I'm off. a proper diva. Yeah, like, I've turned... Yeah. I've gone to gigs that I'm performing at. Yeah. And moved everything. Well, I do. I I move chair. I I do a little bit of chair adjusting in every gig. Yeah. And I'd like to think if I ever played the O2, I just walk in and just move a few chairs around, and just be like, guys, these these are slightly ajar. I need yeah. I need to face me better. <laughs> yeah, but that, it, it makes me sound like a massive diva, and it's not because it's only to make it better. Mm. Like that's you know. Yeah. But yeah. I'll always talk to the, whoever's promoting the gig first, and mm. I just go. Your levels are off on the on the mm. mix. Any chance do you want me to adjust them? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. or do you want me, actually? Do you know what? If you just just move them around, you just have a nice gig. Mm. Like I say, it comes from that. <laughs> it's the most arrogant thing you can ever do in the nicest way possible. Yeah, because it comes from a good place. I'm still a bellend. But that is that is comedy in a nutshell. Like you are trying to improve people's lives. You're trying to make them laugh and forget yeah. about their life, but in the most arrogant way. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I said, I just want people to have the best night they can have, and especially if the fix is free. Mm. Like, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, and it would take a higher level of arrogance to go no. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, like asking you say, oh, "Actually, have you, have you have you considered this punchline?" I just think, it, and then the act goes no. Mm. Which I've had acts do that, and I'm like, why would you not want to be better? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You can even bad comedians can give you good advice. Mm. Everybody can give you good advice. Completely. And this sort of state, like you see a status things like, oh, I don't need to listen to you. It's like, no, you do need, you need mm. to listen to everybody. You know, Paul Smith. You don't have to take it on board, but you definitely yeah, have to listen yeah, because like, then you get the perspective. Because every person, so I don't interrupt you, but every person listening to a joke is going to get it slightly differently because of their life and yeah. their history and their perspective, all that sort of stuff. So you need that so that when you write the next one about that subject or in that area, you, you understand how people are interpreting it, how people are taking it on board so I completely agree with that yeah it's like, yeah. like Paul Smith is one of the most humble acts I've ever met like he listens and he goes away and he comes back and he does something differently even mm. if it was an awkward conversation in our early days mm. he was still learning the how to work a room because he was he was our first resident host and mm. you know he would just always listen and be so humble like he's one of my favourite people because he's exactly like he is on stage off stage he's just a dead nice likeable person mm. you know who just wants to make people laugh mm. you know and so yeah, you know I can relate to that and um, yeah, if you just listen to people, you just do better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I wouldn't not take feedback on the club. Mm. Like someone gives me feedback, I'm going back now to change all the seats. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it's like I'm never be so arrogant to think I built a perfect club. Yeah. Someone goes, "Have you ever thought about this?" When I didn't actually. That's that's a great suggestion. You do know you're probably going to get one troll turning up at your club, just going. I feel if if you turn all the chairs round, it would make the club a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> you just go. Well, yeah, I mean, we could try it <laughs> if that's what you're. If that's the new trend. Yeah. Hey, do you ever think there's too much leg room? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah have, you thought, have you ever thought of just putting all the comedians on at once and seeing mezzanine? Yeah. <laughs> oh, to be fair, I do love a mezzanine. Have you seen the the caves have got like an amazing mezzanine room where like it's it's just like above you but you can't tell because it's so high up yeah and it's beautiful yeah no, no, i don't know how high your ceilings are but like in the not new very one, no, no they're I, not a high I, ceiling in the new one no they're um 
two point zero five, two hundred and five centimeters. I think they are. Okay. Or two hundred and thirty. Okay. With the air. So not enough. No. No, we we low we lowered them. Oh, right. Deliberately, as so I say, we, we chose everything in the club. We chose uh, where every socket is, how high the ceiling is, what mm. soundproofing we did, the width, the depth, everything. Uh, literally, you got to pick everything. But you never have never realised how much choice there is. Mm. Like I don't like decisions. It's like a video game character but when you first start making it. It's like, yeah. oh, I just let the eye colour. Why am I doing this? But it's 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 worse because it's like having to choose how high up his belly button is. Yeah. How deep the belly but like it goes like if you pick a socket you take you plug your phone in on charge, you take that socket for granted. Mm. Someone had to pick what colour it was, yep. what voltage it would need, what was running on it, how high up off the floor and how far across the wall. Mm. I just like I just want some, I just want someone to charge power. my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, can I use your charger or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a massive, massive just endless, endless sea of choices that right. every single thing has to be picked and ordered and yeah like even this these lights will have a beam angle and a temperature and there's lights in the room by the way so yeah <laughs> obsessed with lights it's, yeah I need, I need help <laughs> well i tell you what um i'm gonna do the last quick fire questions yep. um they're quick for me you take as long as you like to <laughs> no, i guarantee they won't be quick <laughs> yeah, I was say, um uh what well, I t- I t- the thing is you've kind of answered the first one so i'm going to move on to the second one um what is the biggest mistake you've ever made and how did you overcome it um I'm not actually sure in 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 terms of like personal. I keep or it vague, so it can be whatever you like. I'm not really sure. I, th- I feel like not being able to answer this question just makes me go like I have never made a yeah. mistake. I don't know. Do you know what I think? I can't really. I don't really know because I don't really see mistakes as mistakes. I just see them as ways to learn. You know. Um, okay. What's the biggest? Oh, the, the, <laughs> I don't recently the biggest mistake. <laughs> was not asking for planning permission oh, wow. for the new club and then having to scramble around but luckily I know people now and we got it all sorted before we opened <laughs> but yeah I went oh crap we, probably <laughs> we didn't ask yeah 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 but I always believe in asking for forgiveness over permission but apparently right. the planning department don't take that as an excuse <laughs> the, the town planning department <laughs> are like well that works for jokes but that does not work for building the club yeah oh. like yeah, yeah, you know the fire department need to visit this I went mm. why I said they need to check your smoke alarm system I went what smoke alarm system? <laughs> we, <laughs> we, do, we don't allow smoking in the venue. Why would they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Non-smoking venue, yeah. including fires. Yeah, so yeah, we have yeah. Smokeless fires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got those new modern fires that are like LEDs. <laughs> do you know? I genuinely don't understand fires. Like, like I, 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 I <laughs> admire. No, I, I admire. Right, fires. I admire arsonists because yeah. I can't light a barbecue with the thing that's designed to catch fire. Fucking How the hell do you start a fire? How do accidental fires start? Accident? I can't start a fire mm. on purpose. <laughs> I'd never. I just don't believe. I don't believe it. You don't believe in arson. I've met, I'm just <laughs> basically. I'm just. I'm, what I'm saying is, if it was left for me in the wilderness, I'd be dead. Okay, <laughs> I think that's the case for a lot of people now. I met a dog the other day. This is this is relevant. But I met a dog the other day, <laughs> and I just thought to myself, if we hadn't helped you get out of the food chain, you'd be dead by now. Like, there's no way you would have survived in the because you're just cute. And you don't know. You have no survival skills. It's just not. It's just not possible. I don't believe for a second you'd be alive right now. And you know they're cute, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, supposed to descend from wolves. So it's helpful you're cute because so. otherwise you'd. <laughs> you didn't see where but that was going, did you? No. no I am adorable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm like, but when, yeah, when you made that face. I thought you were like just going. I can't believe you just got a compliment. No, you were like actually it's upgrade, mate. Yeah. I'm adorable. Yeah. I'm not just cute. I, t- I I I don't question the compliments anymore. I don't get enough. 
<laughs> just yet. I'm owning it. It's mine. Right. It's mine. So pro tip, guys, if you're going to email in your clip, send a compliment to <laughs> I am very lonely. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, <laughs> I heard you on that podcast. You sounded adorable. In fact, make that the first like. That, that's how we'll know. Anytime you email in, if you've heard this podcast, email him in and go, hey, Binti, you sounded absolutely adorable on that <laughs> podcast. I'd love to come to the club. <laughs> don't, don't worry about coming down. I'll headliner. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is so? You, as, I'm, I'm going to ask it because I kind of want to know if there's a different answer you'd give me. But what is the biggest misconception people have about you? Maybe not about the club, but about you. Me personally, yeah. I don't know if it's a misconception. They just think I'm a mental bundle of tigger wrapped in a six foot six man. I think I'm the cutest tall person ever. Just like how is he? How is he this sort of stupid? He's too big and clumsy. It's like yeah. no. Um, I don't know what the misconceptions are, to be honest. I think I come across arrogant sometimes, maybe. It's hard because I don't see myself, and I only know the intention that I meant the yeah. things in. So for me, my, my perception of myself would be different to people's perception because I mean everything well. Sometimes I say it badly, and it sounds like an insult. And it's like, oh, no, I've never... I've never, I've never really, I don't really insult anybody. I only insult, I only insult people I like. Yeah, it's yeah, like if I've yeah. never insulted you, sorry, I don't, <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like banter, isn't it? You know, yeah. I insult people who are my friends because and you like, know the boundaries. And yeah, yeah, and if I ever give feedback, the only time I ever give feedback without being asked is because I actually think you've got a lot of potential, and I'm like, oh, I just want you to do mm. better. I like you that much. I want you to do better. Mm. It's not, it's not like. I want you to do this this way. It's like actually, no. I just genuinely believe that you'll be a really good comedian one day. Like, yeah. I, I just think you've got so much potential, and I, I think you should. I get excited, and then yeah. I get, I get, I get blunt. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. but yeah, like, but I am a very blunt person. But I just believe in efficiency. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I just want things to be done, so I come across as blunt, I guess. Yeah. But I, I don't mind. Um, I don't mean it. So I think uh, yeah, I think if people's perception of me is probably that I'm a bit arrogant sometimes. Mm. But really, I just, I just want everyone to do well. Yeah. You know. And the last question, who do you think is the most underrated person in the industry? Um, underrated. I'm not too sure. I, I, I always make a point of recommending. you're going to arrogantly go, me? Yeah, me. It was me. I am the most underrated person <laughs> in the world. And adorable. Don't forget adorable. I am the most adorable, underrated <laughs> person. Just going to be the podcast. I'm going to be that on loop. I'm going to make that the, the headline of the, you know, like the, the title <laughs> oh, of the episode. Oh, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just sound horrible. But I think, I don't know. I don't think there's the most underrated person I think there are underrated people mm. and I, I always try and make a point of recommending those people if people have done really well and they're not getting the gigs yeah. I think they deserve I'll always make a point of going this person this person this mm. person you know even in Edinburgh you just go around saying this person's show is excellent mm. you know you might not sound it on the paper on the on the yeah. synopsis it's like go see them it's, it's amazing you know I think I can't it's a hard question that one I know like I don't really um, <laughs> underrated do you have to? Yeah, I, I don't know. There's too many. There's okay. too many people. I think who just yeah, it's a hard one. Nah. Okay. I think it depends because I think like the likes of Gary Delaney. Mm. He just like I don't think people see how prolific he is. Oh no, he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, but pe people do see that. Maybe I'm not I think sure. we see that. I don't think the general public maybe see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think just just anybody who does so much behind the scenes yeah. for so little. It's like the iceberg, isn't it? You yeah. do. Um, there's loads underneath, and the little tip is what people see. You know. So it's same with the club. Same with people. No one sees the amount of effort. No one sees every comedian is the most underrated person in the world. 
no one will ever see you do the 200 mile round trip getting stuck on the m6 crying into your into, into your own hands stopping off sleeping at a petrol station yeah. eating a cold ginster's pasty to go home to a house on your own and a dog that doesn't like you going i saved you from the food chain love me <laughs> sleeping on a friend's couch in the middle of nowhere so I think every comedian is the most underrated person in the world. <laughs> You've just made about 8,000 new friends. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. Cheers. Thank you. That was Binti. Hearing his drive to make people laugh and how it happens to just be through the medium of stand-up at the moment is, is a really interesting way of looking at it and it's something that I don't think enough people think about. For me personally, I've been kind of blending bits of my sets with theatre in previews and in uh, longer sets and in clubs I, I trust the promoter will be okay with me playing around with these things in and for me it's been a lot more fun to do something that's not just standing there telling jokes and that's no disrespect to anyone who does that I just find there are so many other ways to tell the story or express the joke that I think are more fun for me and more fun for the audience to watch and so for me that was a really interesting nugget of takeaway nugget of takeaway a takeaway nugget a McNugget, if you will. Other nuggets are available, by the way. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I think his point about how clubs follow a similar life cycle to comedians was also really interesting. I don't think enough comedians give enough thought to how clubs develop and why you should give chances to younger clubs and to clubs that are developing. Because as long as you believe in what they're doing, hopefully there'll be a place that you can gig for a, a very long time in the future. So it's worth supporting them. They... they well, Binti, anyway, seems very relaxed about their place in the circuit, but also has a lot of drive and a lot of motivation to improve the company and constantly be expanding and constantly be working hard. And, and I can't thank him enough for taking time out of his busy schedule at the Edinburgh Fringe to talk to me and share this with all of you. So if you'd like to thank him, I've put links in the show notes to his and the club's social media channels. Uh, please do tweet if you have the time. Uh, it really helps out the show as it shows the guests that there are people listening and there are people supporting and that it is valued what they say so i would really appreciate that and so would they uh, if you like this episode you might also enjoy the episode with ben verf and john miller of the monkey barrel comedy club the barrel boys are amazing at what they do and i felt like that episode very much complements this i think i even mentioned it in this episode it very much complements this episode because of the similar driving ethos of them starting a club because they want to see something happen in the city that they live in that isn't already occurring um, and I found that really interesting. Also, the episode with Barry Ferns and Sarah Pierce from Angel Comedy. Again, another club that started out of wanting something lovely to exist in the comedy circuit in the city that they exist in, uh, Edinburgh and London, respectively, for those two sets of promoters. I think you'll get loads of information out of those, and I think you'll really enjoy hearing their story of how they carved out their place in the city's ecosystem and circuit, as well as how they managed to make their stand out in a way that... I don't feel like a lot of clubs necessarily do. Like, they've got such a great story, but they've also got such a great team. And, yeah, give those episodes a go. Uh, before I sign off, I want you to very quickly know I'm doing the Edinburgh Fringe 2019. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I, I don't have any more information than that. I know I'm doing it at Sweet Venues in the Grass Market. I don't have the time slot for it yet. I don't have the exact room yet. I don't have the title for the show yet. I just know I'm doing a full run, uh, except Wednesdays. Uh, when I get rudely awoken by the dustman. That's right, that joke is four years old, it's getting old, it's not working, and to, I think most people are bored of it, but I'm loving it still. So, 
but the jokes in it will be brand new uh so if you want to come and see me please keep an eye out for that and search for me in the fringe app also i'll be previewing from january january why am i saying it like that january down to july um and then i'll be doing a tour from september through to the start of november as per usual at like i do every year um so if you want to know any more information about that please follow me at this made me cool or check out my website which is simoncane.co.uk both of those places will have the most up-to-date information on it for where i'm going to be and what i'm going to be doing um at the moment nothing is confirmed but everything's up in the air but i wanted to flag it with you so that in the future when it is confirmed you'll be like oh yeah i should probably check that out and oh well actually one thing that is confirmed um is i'm doing the bloomsbury theater on the 21st of march 2019 i'm not doing the the 2019 show i'm doing the 2018 show sex drugs and other things i never do and uh i'm hoping to have it recorded for a dvd so uh and by dvd i mean youtube release because uh dvds are so 2009 but yeah so um that's that's my plan anyway um i'm still sorting out someone to record it and all that sort of stuff so if you want to take part or you want to come down and uh, support me please do if you would like to get your tickets for cheap please do uh, the code i've given for this is um tweet me or message me somehow uh, my favorite flavor of macaroon is strawberry and i'll give you the discount code for like i think it's half off your tickets at the bloomsbury so you can come down for cheap so uh, if you if you would like to come and you are an avid listener or you've come to see a preview or, or a tour or something at some time uh then you can get your tickets for cheap uh if you are a newbie a new person to see me it's a, it's a great show, it's been getting great reviews, it's been really doing well, then you can come to the show for, uh, I think it's £12, £10, £12, something like that. It's not overly expensive anyway, um, especially for the West End. So please do do that, that would be amazing. Yeah, I really appreciate all of your support and for everything that you've given me so far. The Ask the Industry podcast is a fruit that got in gravity's way production for the internet. All elements were created by me, comedian Simon Kane. Thank you very much for listening, thank you very much for subscribing, and thank you very much for rating and donating if you do, or just coming to see me live, or coming to see a preview. Uh, it's the same thing. Both of those are live. Shut up, Simon. I'll see you all in about 14 days' time. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.